Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of our podcast, Under the Macroscope, with Skybound Capital's Chief Strategist in the London office, Jabir Sadawala. We've got some uh, interesting and different topics uh, to discuss later in the podcast today, including a large inward investment announced by Amazon uh, into Cape Town, South Africa. And we're also going to be discussing sport for a change and the effect of the uh, Super League announcement and the massive and very quick about turn on, on that one. We'll, we'll get into that a little later on. But to start, uh, we, we're going to pay a visit back to cryptocurrencies because they've been regularly cropping up during the course of this podcast series. And uh, Jabir, one of our colleagues asked an interesting question this week because it seems that you're either uh, a complete cynic or a complete protagonist. There doesn't seem to be much middle ground in the debate around cryptos at the moment. And one of our colleagues asked us a very fair question. What is the catalyst for acceptance? What do you think? Yeah, um, thanks, Matt. And that's, um, it's up, you know, that, that is the relevant question here in this debate about cryptos. Um, because until, that's, until it can uh, make itself useful, it's always going to remain on the sideline as a little investment thing that people just dabble in uh, and hope that it will go on, you know, climbing at four or five hundred percent per annum and making them a fortune. Um, look, the essence of it here is that if it's intended to be a currency, which I think you know we're all agreed is the whole purpose of of cryptos, then um, it has to tick certain boxes. I mean, what is a currency? A currency is a means of exchange. It's a store of wealth. Um, it's a way of identifying value. Um, <clears throat> and all of that has to be embraced in some kind of regulation. There's no getting around it. And I think uh, the efforts of central banks to come up with their own digital currencies, digital FX across the globe, um, led by you know, the likes of China, is actually just to get one foot in the door quickly. How, how quickly they actually start to roll it out is a whole different issue. So we discussed uh, a week or two ago about Sweden and the conclusions that they came to. Um, and essentially they have made it clear that they're not in, not in any hurry. Um, I think given the presence and importance of money around the globe, uh, if you're going to try and standardize things around cryptos, then people will only get confidence from it if there's actual, regu actual regulation that, uh, that surrounds the whole thing. And we haven't seen that. But more importantly, I'm detecting a reluctance on the crypto world to actually go down that route. In fact, the, arg the argument that comes back, um, listening to my taxi driver the other day, is that, oh, but surely isn't that the good thing? It's because there's no regulation, you know, and these people learn very quickly that, you know, when you lose your money and there's no safeguard and there's no regulator to help come in and guarantee you and uh, help you restore it. That's when they realize that, oh, no, it wasn't such a good idea after all. I have to ask you if, if your taxi drivers talking about it, is it a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> well, the joke in the industry is that, you know, if, if, if you're getting advice from a taxi driver, you, you kind of know that things have really hit the retail level and that, uh, you know, maybe uh, some short bets are starting to look good. Well, certainly one uh, to keep a, an ongoing eye on. Uh, I'm going to move to another catalyst. 
uh, and and that the announcement during the week that that Amazon uh, is setting up an African headquarters in Cape Town, a four billion rand development approved uh, in Cape Town, the, the mother city, and surely the catalyst for uh, more inward investment, one would hope. Uh, but you've always been interesting on South Africa. You gave an outstanding presentation to the Skybound Capital team internally on Wednesday, where you said, you know, if I, if I want to know about South Africa, I tend not to ask a South African because you're all so bearish. Uh, but this for you will be wonderful uh, proof of your view of South Africa. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, you know, this, this news is quite fresh for me. And it's, I have to admit, it's very welcome. I mean, when you get a giant like Amazon coming into the picture and saying, yes, we're going to invest here, you know, that's the, we know they don't do things in small measures. So this is naturally a well thought out process. Um, and the fact that they've chosen South Africa to, to go into this venture, yeah, it speaks volumes. Now, I mean, from a pure investment side, I've often said that in the world of um, uh, emerging market investing, um, one of the favorite destinations for money is actually South Africa, because there aren't many places in the world of emerging markets where you can actually get good liquidity and, and convertibility and even be able to hedge your currency. You know, all these things are doable in, in South Africa. Often uh, traders will say once they've identified what their investment opportunity is, then before they put that trade on, the first thing they'll look at is um, how, what's their exit. Mm -hmm. And in the case of South Africa, the exit is very clear. You know, the, you, you can actually transfer, you can, you can re, uh, redeem your investment and pull out in pretty much any time you want. And it's a transparent market. So it's so easy to confuse the politics with the financials. And I think that's often what people tend to do. We, we can easily get carried away with the headlines and have a look at what politicians are doing. But behind the scenes, finance and business, this kind of news is actually very welcome because I mean, Amazon stepping in means that they've taken the view that South Africa has something that they can do here. And this is going to bring jobs, you know, I think it's, it's going to help uh, an industry to flourish down there. Um, and uh, in due course, I think uh, international players will then want to become part of it. Yeah, they're talking about 3000 uh, new jobs created by Amazon alone uh, in the reports coming out this week. So yeah, some wonderful stimulus, some, some good news there. Uh, we don't often talk about sport. I'm not sure if we have it all on this this podcast, but we, we couldn't ignore some of the big news of, of this week. You know, Nelson Mandela, Jabir, said that sport has the power to change the world. Uh, it has the power to unite people. This week, uh, sport united uh, the football fans of, of England and Spain and Italy, but particularly uh, six of the leading clubs in England. But the announcement of this Premier League to great fanfare, all the clubs, social media sites uh, in England proudly announcing that they were part of a breakaway Super League and 48 hours later, it was all gone and they'd all withdrawn and acknowledged that they'd taken no heed of, of the wishes of the most important stakeholders in the game, the fans. Yeah, 
I, I, I agree with you. And um, when I heard it, you know, I, um, I was really surprised because the first word that came to mind was greed. Um, <clears throat> you've got a bunch of teams here. So some are permanent members, which in itself I found rather bizarre. That uh, you know the, the the whole essence of competition and improving oneself is that you have to strive to to get to the top so that you can move up. There is none of that here. This is this is almost like the United Nations, where you have five permanent members sitting around the UN Security Council, you know, deciding on the world's fate. And here you've got however many. I think it was uh, something like fifteen or so uh, players who would have permanent membership with five others who, who could try and get into the club. I just found the concept itself really strange, um, almost like elitism. Mm. But then when you look at the financial side, um, I believe the, the whole Champions League generates something like 2 billion euros a year, some, somewhere around there. So the point here is that this Super League would create, generate about uh, twice that, if not more you know, just by doing deals with the likes of Amazon and Facebook and whoever else. Um, but one of the reasons they cited is that because of the impact that COVID has had, it's, it's had, you know, it's taken its toll on finances. Well, how is this move actually going to benefit other clubs? Who, what are they going to do? You know, you get that, you get that ricochet effect that goes all the way down. Um, I just I just found the spirit of it really strange, and I'm I, I was actually equally surprised at the backlash um, because I didn't think it would be that strong. But I'm delighted that it was, and I'm uh, even more delighted that this thing has come to a to an abrupt halt within hours of, uh, of its launch. And if there is a positive to come out of it, though, it will be challenging the status quo, uh, yeah. not only in professional football but other sports as well. We're seeing more and more moves of, of private equity entities into professional sport. Uh, we've seen it uh, coming into to rugby, certainly, uh, with more aspiration there as well. Uh, but there does seem to be fr some frustration at the status quo. And, and as much as you talk about greed, well, some would argue that the, the existing structures um, have yeah. really milked it uh, for, for their own gain. But some feathers have certainly been ruffled in the process. Yeah, they really have. And I, I hope this sets a precedent. And I hope that all future deals, whatever shape and form they may take, um, takes into account the rest of the league. You know, there's too much, as, as I say, there's too much concentration on this, uh, on, on these elite clubs. Um, and they only number a few. But, uh, and I, I don't dispute the fact that they are the biggest revenue generators. But there's a reason why they, they um, have that standing. That's because all the little clubs further down the league have provided that competition along the way that's helped propel them. You know, that's what you've got to beat to get there. And uh, my worry is still for them and their finances. And I hope that they can get together um, and do something for them financially. Yeah, obvious disclaimer at the end of the podcast, Jabir speaking as a true and lifelong Watford fan. We look forward to having you back in the Premier League uh, sooner rather than later, James. Sincerely hope so. Tomorrow could clinch it for us. <laughs> I very much hope so. Well, as always, great to catch up with Jabir. Uh, the Under the Macroscope podcast available on Apple, Spotify, and the Google podcast platform for Android. 
also uh, all past episodes of the podcast available at Skybound Capital's website at www.skyboundcapital.com. Until the next episode, have a great week.